Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Finding Our Way. And this is the first time you have heard uh, this voice uh, offer that welcome, because this is Jeff Martins here uh, playing guest host with you today as I'm getting to uh, interview our usual host, Jeff Lockyer, who is in the, the interviewee or hot seat. Is that how we say that, Jeff? I think for most people who sit in this seat, they feel like it's kind of a hot seat. So we'll call it that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, there we go. I, I'm, I'm going to have some fun getting to be on this end. So yeah, it's great uh, great to be catching up with Jeff and sort of get his take and perspective uh, this week. And knowing uh, we're releasing this on Labor Day into this sort of first full week and back to school week of September, it sort of represents this hinge point of summer wrapping up and looking to the fall. And maybe first things first, Jeff. How, uh, how would you describe and share with everybody how your summer has been? What have been some of the highlights of summer as that sort of begins to, to wrap up? Yeah, well, thanks for having me in this uh, format, Junior. This is going to be fun. <laughs> um, I, I would say summer, you know, for, for our church, if you followed our church at all, we really try to take a breath uh, during the summer. And we probably started building that rhythm in an increasing way years ago because I probably needed that personally. And a bunch of us needed that personally in, in leadership. We just, you know, we pushed so hard from September to June that uh, to take a break in July and then kind of wind up again in August tends to be our ministry rhythm. And I've kind of organized uh, my personal and our, our family's life around that rhythm as well. So I was, I was off for three weeks uh, the beginning of July, which was great ended it with a few weekends away and then uh slowly august kind of picked back up but we were still able to enjoy the backyard uh a lot and connect with friends uh last weekend we were in new york city uh moving our oldest uh, son back into uh college and uh, our our two other teenagers are kind of raring to go starting on tuesday as they die back into high school so uh you know lots of like you said, this is a, a week or kind of a season of uh, pretty distinct change for everybody. And uh, I would say our family's in that place after having a, 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 a really restful summer. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many of you from Southridge have tracked with, you know, the, the, the series on soul care that we did, you know, appreciating that people were kind of going from the battlefield of the pandemic back to the treadmill of life with no recovery in between. Uh, certainly in our house, we were feeling that. And personally, I was feeling that myself. And so really have tried to probably more than most years, uh, really tried to slow things down and treat the season of recovery as sacred and do as much self-care and, and, and soul care as is possible. Yeah, that that's awesome. And, uh, I know we just coming out of a weekend where we had these summer soul care celebrations across our community and the, the folks I interacted with, it sounds like they've really enjoyed and benefited from this soul care uh, effort and experience together um, that, that sometimes summer lends itself to uh, uniquely. Um, I mean, in the spirit of how our church in a lot of ways and our pace and rhythms and, and programming, stuff like that sort of follows that rhythm of, of trying to take that breath in the summer 
how are you feeling just maybe in the starting at the highest level about uh, the church or our church these days as we again are in a seasonal shift from summer um, looking towards fall yeah it's interesting like <laughs> I think a lot of people both in, in our church and in other churches I'm sure for the leaders listening they can they can resonate with this as well like people are are eager to get more fully going coming out of the pandemic and already kind of burnt out <laughs> mm-hmm. right like you're 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 exhausted from the pandemic but eager to get out of it and and that's really where the the august focus of trying to to anchor ourselves not just in a in a month or in an era of of more deliberate soul care but to build you know, Justin led us last week in, in building a rule of life to build these ongoing rhythms of soul care so that we can be excited about the back to school season. We can be excited about the fall ministry launch, but we can be excited about that, that quicker pace and that more active season from a place of restfulness and a full tank. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm hoping for. But, uh, Certainly what, what has concerned me as we've come out of the pandemic is this combination of eagerness, but almost exhaustion at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I know the feeling. Lindsay and I had had sort of a September initial calendar review in the, one of the last days of August and seeing how full and how fast paced it's already looking, you can almost sense the the busyness or the weariness of it. And so I think everything we're talking about these days is the importance of rhythms and how important reflection is to learn lessons, even the lessons of the last couple of years, and apply them uh, in how we establish rhythms is so key. And uh, I mean, continuing to get into what we're getting in here to, together this week, speaking of reflection and this sort of September moment we're in, um, last week marked a really significant moment and probably, I'm assuming moment of reflection for you uh, on September 1st, celebrating uh, 25 years in ministry on staff uh, leading our church because you started back in uh, S- September 1st of 1997, if I'm remembering the actual year correctly. Um, and I hope you, you sense a lot of honor and gratitude. And again, I'm assuming the discipline of reflection through that. Tell us a little bit about that. How did hitting that 25-year anniversary mark in staff leadership here, how did that feel for you, Jeff? Yeah, well, I... I... Later this year, or I guess early next year, January of 2023, I turned 50. And uh, so there's a few friends of mine who are all kind of born in 73 or close to then who have been kind of in this reflective zone. And they've asked me, you know, how do you feel about turning 50? And I say, you know, I actually haven't thought too much about it at all. Uh, I've thought way more about the 25-year staff anniversary and the 25-year uh, kind of era of being part of leading the church. I know even the the weekend of the GLS uh, back in August uh, represented kind of the 25-year anniversary of my first GLS and, you know, got me thinking about what God was doing in my heart back in that first GLS when I didn't even have leading a church on my radar. I didn't even have contributing leadership in a church on my radar uh and just you know how significantly god moved back then and what he's done since and so it it it, it certainly has been i would say a, a a significant month for sure at least uh of of reflection for me hmm. yeah and maybe i mean maybe expand on that a little more for us you even combined 
I know you said you know the, the the big birthday, the milestone birthday coming up isn't driving the reflection as much, but but these twenty five years, like what would be some of the the thoughts, feelings, you know, emotions, personal reflections um, that come with such a significant run, like a quarter century run so far? Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into more of the specifics of this, but I, w- I would say at the highest level, I guess I've just been reflecting on two kind of overwhelming but seemingly very divergent realities or at least feelings that I would have. I think they're realities. But, you know, one, probably the first things first, would would just be the awe of the timeless faithfulness of God. When we when we talk about, you know, the risen Jesus doing one thing on planet Earth since he rose from the dead, and that is... <laughs> unify and empower followers of his by his Holy Spirit to be and build the church in a way where he says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Like how timelessly faithful Jesus has been to do that. I, I'm, I'm struck by that at, at you know, how much he's exceedingly abundantly done more than I could ever ask or imagine, as it says in Ephesians mm-hmm. 3.20. Um, and at the same time, how different my impression of what 25 years would look like compared to what it looks like. Who's around mm-hmm. the table, who's here, who's not here. And just how much things and, and, and people and circumstances and relationships have changed. I, I would have never predicted how differently things would look after 25 years. I, I sort of assumed that things and people and circumstances and whatever would generally be the same and God would be generally faithful. I feel like God's been more faithful than I expected, but also things are, yeah, drastically different than I ever imagined. What's amazing in my experience of, of getting to, to be around here and leading as well, how much as a church leader, you, you grow in just anchoring yourself in and depending on those promises of faithfulness, the Jesus will build this church. God will do more than we can imagine. You know, he will be with us and never leave us or forsake us. And I wonder, and I'm sure it's in part because we actually don't even realize how much things are going to change or look different or be different than we could imagine that we need to depend on those, those faithfulnesses and those promises. Um, Maybe tapping into that of just what it has looked like, like, as you think back on 25 years in, in your leadership in our church, like what would you say is the most significant thing you feel God has done? Like what, what has God, how has God demonstrated that faithfulness or what has God sort of uh, made real in our community that you would say is most significant? Well, to me personally, and I would say as a, as a community as well, the most significant thing that God's done is redefined what the church is in my mind and, and among us. Uh, when I started in ministry, I was, I was hired on by Chris Fowler and by our board uh, on the same day that Mike Krause uh, started. We started together and we were hired to preach and teach to support Chris's leadership, which at the time was really contemporizing our weekend services. So my understanding of church was this place you went, this event you attended, you know, to be a person of faith was to be a church goer. And we were kind of contemporizing that and, and as a leader contributing to that. So I was contributing to the assembling of followers of Jesus for this event to stimulate the church goership of people's lives. 
you know, over the years, I think God revolutionized our understanding that we don't go to church. We actually are the church. And in this Holy Spirit empowered, unified group of people, we are to be the embodied incarnation of Jesus in the world in the same way that Jesus incarnated the life of God when he was on the earth. Now his body collectively is to incarnate and embody the essence of God today in increasing ways. And and so from that identity, then I would say, you know, the, the biggest shift from this gathering centered kind of function, this gathering centered operation to becoming more missional, meaning more of a way of life, uh, something that's more centered on people on the margins, not centered on ourselves and our own preferences, something that God has expanded uh, through our multi-sites, through what we call our anchor causes, and something that you know most church leaders will, will appreciate. Maybe our members don't appreciate as much, but you know, even in the redistribution of our finances, you know, to, to go from investing the majority of our money into this gathering and really no money into the the kind of people it seemed like Jesus was most for people on the margins in compassion and justice ways to now uh, operationalizing the most of our ministry and investing uh, this year over seventy percent of our church's resources into these local and global anchor causes to be so much about that these days mm-hmm. is just so drastically different than as a church leader, what I understood I was about and what I was contributing to and providing leadership to 25 years ago. So, you know, all of that missional emphasis and focus on a a way of life together in community, being for the people Jesus is most for in a way that hopefully most visibly embodies who he is in the parts of the world where he's placed us, that all flows out of just a redefinition that we are the church, we are the bride and body of Christ, not we go to church. And as a leader, I'm going to contribute to what happens when we go to that place called the church. Hmm. It's fascinating how, how dramatically that shift in definition and understanding actually also dramatically allows or God works out the, the difference it makes in just just who we are and what our, our church looks like today compared to 25 years ago. It just had me reflecting. I was I was 12 when when you and, and Mike and, and along with Chris had stepped into leadership 25 years ago. And for me it's been a gift to kind of from a this young age of just starting to go into adolescence and kind of figure out faith more on for myself uh, to to get to be also led and guided in discovering that we are the church vision and definition of the church. Now, in the in the church being this missional people, obviously, you, you know, you think of the people of Southridge of the last quarter century, and then you know some adopting of other communities and regionalizing in multi-site. I mean, relationships are so at the heart of being the church. When you think about uh, how relationships and just kind of who is this community, how that has grown and changed over the years, uh, maybe reflect on that a little bit or what's been most different than what you would have expected, you know, like in 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I think relationally, you know, when I think back to 25 years ago or even early eras around that time, I, I, I sort of assumed that this movement of God would be additive, meaning we're going we're gonna to try to live together, 
more the way Jesus wants us to live. And over time, we're going to increasingly include other people who want to explore and ultimately experience living that way themselves. So we're going to live that way. You and I are going to live that way. And we're going to add people kind of to the mix. And that's sort of what I assumed, that there was going to be, you know, all of us who were there plus, right? Mm-hmm. And what I what I never would have anticipated at all is the minuses. The, the, the people who, I mean, everything under the sun, Jeff, the, the people whose life circumstances changed, p- people who died, mm-hmm. the people who passed away along the way, um, people whose... Marriages split up, or who relocated, or people who weren't interested in this as much anymore. Maybe you know did something else for a living, or or you know tried a different church, or people who were at odds with you know, certain things that that as a group we we sensed God wanted to do among us, and with whom we had conflict. Who then you know you kind of parted ways, almost in you know. Paul and Barnabas kind of ways. And, mm. and the number of people, I guess one of the things that I've just been struck by is that the, the, the number of people, even in that, that original era back in 97 and, and, and in, in the early years that ensued, the number of people who are no longer around, um, I'll just say that that was not something that I anticipated. In my mind, it was kind of, you know, the, 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 the original core were fixed and you sort of added from there and the amount of transition and almost recycling of, of people was something I wasn't prepared for. I heard one church leader say that, that they felt in, in their longer, it was like 35 or almost 40 years that they were reflecting on. They said, I probably pastored a brand new church every seven years. Hmm. And that statement just took me by surprise. I thought, you know, you and kind of your friends and your core and whatever, you're going you're gonna to kind of do this as families and as a community sort of permanently forever, like Fred and Barney, right? You're going to, you know, close friends, bosom buddies and like lifelong pals. But it, it hasn't worked that way. And I would say the, the amount of transition has surprised me, even I would say in the past few years, as a result of the pandemic, mm-hmm. the, the, the differentiation and the transitions of people just in response to COVID and how communities have navigated COVID. I, I heard a, a church leader say that uh, in the Western church anyways, like a third of the church has, has transferred just because of the pandemic. It's like, wow, the, the, the amount of movement of followers of Jesus that presumably are supposed to be covenant family with each other, that, that, that I was unprepared for 25 years ago. Hmm. Yeah, it can definitely uh, surprise and, and disorient as church leaders a little bit. And yet I was thinking about, as you're talking about that much sort of organic movement and transition, even that the pastor reflecting on it feels like a new church, a new congregation every seven years. I was thinking about how I know I've heard, you know, our, our bodies almost change and recycle all of their cells just about every seven years that you're almost a new physicality and in the body of Christ body being a metaphor for the church. There's, there's a lot of truth, a reality to it, it being as organic. Are there any other lessons that you're sort of holding now with you going forward when you think about how different 
those changes or causes attributes to why things change as much as they do, um, again, different than what your expectation was, you know, 25 years I, ago? I don't know about, I don't know about lessons, Jeff, but I, I, I guess my reflection, and I think this would be true of all of us in community, but certainly of those of us listening who, who lead churches, I'm trying to reflect on, you know, which of those, I guess, I guess I'll say it this way. I'm trying to be okay with transitions that are okay. I, you know, I cited Paul and Barnabas before, like the Bible never re- describes that sharp disagreement where they part ways as bad. It actually describes the kingdom expanding in kind of a multiplied way through that separation. So, you know, not every parting of ways is sinful or, you know, hurtful or, or bad in that sense. And so I'm trying to be I'm trying to be okay or more okay with the ones that are legitimately okay and both reflecting on the past and moving forward to be less okay with you know relational separation and conflicts and even pain and things that aren't okay and and trying to know you know trying to have the discernment and wisdom to know the difference between the two i guess that's that's the part i'm i'm reflecting on because 25 years ago i assumed that there would be none of that and none of it would ever be okay and the truth is there's been a lot more than i expected some of it hasn't been okay and some of it's been caused by us and and me uh but some of it has been okay and i've got to kind of just distill and sift through all of that yeah yeah, that's all all really good. Um, thinking back to you had mentioned that it's almost like the initial leadership phase for yourself and, and along again with Chris Fowler was sort of a, a contemporizing of worship gatherings of church services uh, on Sundays and how much that evolved as God revealed this, um, this, this vision of being the church, uh, not, not simply going to church. Um, how is that shaping how you and we together are thinking about church services and gatherings uh, these days? Because, I mean, we've still been in this season. It's, it's a long season, but we've, we're sort of regathering and trying to relaunch uh, continually out of pandemic as, as a church and, uh, and gatherings and the, the galvanizing and momentum that, that can be created when we get together on Sundays is part of that. So how are you thinking about that these days? Um, what the role of, of the Sunday service is. Well, full disclosure, I'm probably frustrated beyond belief that, that we as leaders are sleeping in the bed that we made. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain that. For years, if we've beat any drum, we've beat the drum that the church is not a place you go. It's the life we live in community together to embody Jesus to a greater degree. It's a lifestyle based, not programs based, you know, missional, not event centered or attractional kind of vision. And I think in that we've helped people move from a more consumeristic, a more attractional, a more gathering centered understanding of faith that simply reduces faith to going to church. I think we've we've relieved people and the pandemic has helped people be relieved of the kind of addiction and the identity of following Jesus as synonymous with church attendance on Sunday morning. But having detached from that port, it feels like our ship is out in the abyss right now because we haven't really arrived at the two that is 
the reason why you would gather in a, in a regular way. I mean, look at Acts 2 Christianity, and we see that fully devoted followers of Jesus gathered in the temple regularly. And so on the one hand, we've relieved ourselves of the addiction to gather routinely, but we haven't re-embraced the new vision for gathering consistently, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard, really. I mean, they look the same on the outside, but they're drastically different. And I think that for us, and I'm speaking now more to the, the Southridge members listening, when we've embraced a faith that is primarily Jesus-centered and lifestyle-based and more missional and compassion and justice focused and, and, you know, not as programmatically dependent or event centered, the gathering takes on a whole different form because now the gathering, instead of being this intravenous drug that we hook up to and consumeristically kind of rely on, well, now we don't rely on it anymore, but it still serves a significant purpose. And what's been rolling through my head lately, I know you've heard me riff on this in the office, Jeff, is this Hebrews 10 description that says, Mm -hmm. let us not neglect our meeting together as some, especially some because the pandemic, are in the habit of doing, but rather let us encourage each other to love and good deeds. Let us encourage each other all the more as we see the day approaching. And I, I feel like these gatherings now are not an event we have to attend because we need them, these gatherings now are an opportunity for us to convene together to encourage one another and to be that encouraging agent of Jesus to one another in order to live that 24-7 Jesus-centered missional life that he's called us to live. So as he's redefined what it means to be the church, not to go to church, the gathering on weekends becomes just as important, if not more important, but for very different reasons. And so I hope for our Southridge members in this coming season that, you know, if we've, especially through the pandemic, if we've gone from a relationship with Sundays, we can move to not just a relationship without Sundays, but now to a new relationship with Sundays that are very different and be that agent of encouraging one another to the way of life of love that Jesus has for us personally and together. Yeah, absolutely. And and it just it feels like claiming that new reason, new vision for gathering is so critical right now. It's been awesome for me to see people and it's been still happening quite a bit throughout the summer, even almost every Sunday where you have folks that are still kind of returning, regathering for the first time and to see in them and to hear from them the Oh, I needed this, or I, 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 I forgot how much I needed this, and yet the shift I think they're articulating, and I, I know I'm feeling, is everything you're describing that it's not just I needed to attend a service, I needed to go to church, I actually needed to be with these people, and I know my feeling, my reaction kind of to them is I needed you, I needed, we needed to be together as we spur one another on in this life of following Jesus, and since we are the church. And, and the people are the community together living this out. Being together fuels that so powerfully. And uh, it's awesome to just watch that real time, but it is still a bit of a process and a from to journey, I think, for us and, and for people um, as well. Um, well and I, I, I mean, at a personal level, I felt that myself in the pandemic. Yeah. I longed for this. I needed 
this. And the this, you're right, the this isn't the content that can be delivered through our online service or the content that can be delivered through any church's online service, many of whom are right, you probably, can still probably better that. than ours. Yeah. Um, yeah. The this was you. The this was you people. The this was yeah. us. The this was the we that we get to be unified and empowered by the risen spirit of Jesus called the church. The this mm-hmm. was the church, not the going to for content's sake, the this was the church in the people who could be that embodiment of Jesus and that encouragement to go for it with him to a greater degree throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in in the spirit of all of that, as we start to, to wrap up here, um, do you want to just share your heart and kind of the, the why behind our gatherings that are coming up this particular weekend um, as we head into kind of the balance of September here? Yeah, well, Sunday's kickoff Sunday for almost every church that has a academic calendar year that launches after Labor Day. So ours is, is, is like a lot of other churches, and we're excited to regather and be gripped again by the vision that Jesus has for our lives together. I know so many of us have been tempted, uh, especially through the pandemic, you know, whether we've slept in or just enjoyed hiking or sitting by our pool or cottage life or camping trips or whatever, like we kind of find ourselves more and more done with church. And yet we're believing if we could allow ourselves to be just completely undone with Jesus and who he is and his vision for our lives, we would actually find ourselves undone with church. We would find ourselves recaptured by his vision for church. So we're going to look at that for, for, uh, for four weeks starting this coming Sunday. And then, you know, this Sunday night, you know that we're doing a kind of a double header. We do this very rarely, and we haven't actually done this for three years, where we've been able to have a one church event, uh, a spotlight vision night, uh, where we gather together to worship as one location, one church from all of our different locations, uh, and to be inspired by the specific vision that God has for Southridge. So not just the vision we'll talk about in the morning of Jesus inviting us to follow him in community together as his church, but what that means in the 22-23 calendar year for us as Southridge and some of the specifics and nuances that we want to focus on as a community that we want, especially our core, to be invited into. So if you're a, a Southridge member listening and at all possible, I mean, carve out the whole day, bring your friends and family to the whole day, leverage your life group to participate in the whole day, because this will really launch us uh, into a ministry season, I think, like no other. And frankly, I mean, again, when you talk about, I I missed this, there have been a few of those moments where before the pandemic, we would find ourselves at our best. And I know that these spotlight vision nights are one of those that we haven't been able to have for three years. And so I know that I'm really looking forward to that in a, I need this, this meaning all of us together, fully worshiping God and hearing his heart for our future together as a, as a family. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. These are, these are can't miss. And uh, for folks that have been around our community for some time, remember that and, and come and participate folks that maybe haven't experienced one of these. We, we really hope you'll be with us. Uh, with a minute or so to go, Jeff, uh, any final encouragements or challenges you want to share this week? Anything I missed as the inter- guest interviewer this time around? 
I, I don't think so. You've done a good job. Probably <laughs> earned another shot. Um, oh, we'll see. I, I guess you know, sort of as a as a prequel to uh, Sunday morning's message. You, you know, there. Someone once described the the church in its nonprofit form as you know our competition from a almost a business perspective. Our competition isn't the church down the street. Our competition is any other way of spending time. And there are a lot of us, myself included, coming out of the pandemic, that you know kind of wonder in the back of your mind, you know, why church? Why bother? Why you know whatever? And I I. I would just want to remind all of us, and especially I know most of us are pretty core who track with this this podcast, but for us even to share with others in our circles, like Jesus saves us and empowers us to be a we. The story of Jesus continues today through this entity called the we, which is the church. We are the church that we get to be, and Jesus is building through us. So there is no, I'm into Jesus, but I'm not into church. To be into Jesus is to be his body and bride together and to allow him to build his kingdom in and through us. And so I hope that we would launch into this season, not just with a fresh passion for Jesus, but with a fresh reinvigoration of his vision for our lives together as a community, because to be into Jesus is to be into church in an increasing way. And uh, I hope that that we can be gripped by that privilege that it is to not just follow Jesus personally, but to be part of his his family and his, his bride in this way that we call the church. Well, thanks for that, man. Uh, it's excellent. And uh, thanks for your quarter century of giving your heart to that in this local church and, and serving and leading in this way. And, and thanks to God's faithfulness. And uh, we're looking forward to what Jesus is going to do in the, the days and years and decades uh, yet to come. So thanks everyone for listening in for the broader church. We hope everybody has a really great fall kickoff in your context for our church. Uh, be around this weekend, come uh, to Vision Night and stay on the journey uh, with us uh, next week as we continue finding our way together. Thanks everyone. <laughs>